You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now? A Practical Path to Authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin our proceedings here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your ancestral helping spirits and to mine. I call out to all of these people who were here before us, those who lived well and died well, and those who bring all that is good and true and beautiful from our ancestral lines into our lives so that we as the living can use them as resources to understand how to learn from those who have gone before us to stop repeating the same mistakes Uh, And in that stopping, to open up to the spirit energies that are present for us here at our time, in in our time as the living, and to allow the challenges of our time to bring forth out of us the new things, the new ideas, the innovations, and the changes that need to happen for us to truly respond to the challenges of our own time. And may the ancestors behind us support us in doing what we are here to do for those who are coming. And let us reach beyond the human ancestors because life here on earth is far more than just humanity. So let us reach out to those living things, to those energies that were present here and long, long before there was ever a human being. And we call out to these even more ancient ancestors in life around us to come to us to help us to remember our own true nature to help us to feel deeply in our own authenticity what it is that we have come here to do that contributes to this great web of life. And we ask these energies in the amazing diversity all around us to teach us as humans, help us to see how we can live in in a diverse place in a good way, allowing us to embrace others who are not like us. So as we call out to these energies that are human and non-human, these energies that are here to help us as helping spirits, we call these energies in and now we call ourselves in, calling ourselves from wherever we might be into our head, from our head to our heart, from our heart to our belly. And from our belly, let us take a moment and reach to the earth and simply give thanks, to give thanks for this day. For all that has been that has brought us to this moment, for all that is in this moment and all that will be, we give great gratitude for the beauty and the abundance around us and for the diversity and for the challenges. We give thanks to the generosity in the earth's dreaming that all that needs to change can change here as long as we are still breathing. So let us do it now while we are living. And with that awe and gratitude for life itself, Let us begin to send our energy down through all the layers of the earth into the very center of the earth and to anchor ourselves firmly there and to connect in to that energy that by its very nature draws power from stillness and silence, from darkness, from those energies that are before 
the abundance and the diversity the energy that is the, is sourcing life here on earth and we reach into that energy and draw it up into our lives just like drawing up fresh clear water on a hot hot day and we draw it into ourselves letting it infuse our physical body and our energy body we call in this energy that refreshes and restores renews and replenishes that which nourishes us that which supports us and helps us understand how to connect well and that which teaches us how to manifest here in form in a good way and we call out to these earth energies to help us learn how to be in our bodies and how to be grounded in our world and to know who we are and where we stand and what we stand for and may we ask the energies of the earth to help us to create our life based on these things that have heart and meaning in our life and may we learn to create our own sense of belonging our own sense of home in a way that is open to those who are other than we are so that we can call in that difference that foreignness that strangeness and allow the conversation that ensues to provoke us to become the men and women we've truly come here to be and we ask the energy of the earth to help us to understand that deep inner connection with the authentic person that came into this life to bring a unique genius may we come into right relationship with that energy with our environment right relationship with others both physical and the invisible world and as we come into right relationship with all things may we also sense ourselves as part of this great web of life and know our place in that oneness and with this sense of this possibility and connection let us draw the earth's energy up through our whole body to our heart and our head and up and out into the sky and whatever weather it holds for you on this day or night whenever you are listening out through the cosmos out into the cosmos and all the way up to the highest power of the universe and let us connect there with that energy in whatever way we know it whatever name we call it in whatever way we understand it let us connect to it and not just pray to it at a distance but to truly connect and let it connect with us and draw these radiant energies from above down into ourselves into our day into these proceedings and in this way we call in the energy of blessing and protection we call in the benevolence of our universe and draw it into our lives and let it come in and nourish and sustain us and we call out to commitment and devotion and the beneficence of this larger cosmic world that we are part of. We call these energies in and we ask them to help us to illuminate or inspire us along the way on those days that we can't quite see the path and don't exactly know where it is that we are going. So we call these energies in, drawing them into our head and our heart and our belly and sending it all the way down to the center of the earth. And in this way, we become this connection between earth and sky. We open ourselves to that big love that connects these two energies. And we call out to that energy to awaken the spirit of our heart. Let it be alive and well and moving in this day. And we call out to that crucible of transformation that lives in the heart and draw up the fiery passions of the belly for why we are here. And draw down the crystal clarity of our mind that can see the time in which we are manifest. And let these two energies come together in the heart and to dance a great passionate tango of a dance. And in that dynamic tension to find that third and most important sacred thing which is some sense, some inkling, some memory, some understanding of why it is that we are here. 
And may we find courage in that very same heart to do something in this day, large or small, to bring those gifts out into the world. And so for all of the spirit help that we receive in doing that, I give great thanks. We have more help than we could possibly ever use, and it is an enormous source of abundance and grace in our lives. And I give great gratitude for that. And I ask them to help me so that what needs to be said is said here today, and what needs to be heard is heard, and that these proceedings can go forward in a way that is good for all living things. And I also want to thank Kareem, Ginger, Chris, Pamela, Fiona, Patricia, Pear, Megan, Gwen, and all of the listeners who have donated to the show. Why Shamanism Now is listener-supported. It would not have lasted as long and certainly not into its eight year, eighth year if you all were not willing to donate um, to help to keep the show live and on the air and available in the archives. And so if this show moves you in any way, if it moves you into inspiration or laughter or distraction or frustration, just know that you've been moved in your heart. And I ask you to do that most fundamental of shamanic actions, which is to allow that which moves your heart to motivate your actions in the world. And do something, large or small, to help the show to grow. Whether that's commenting on a show they particularly love and sharing it on Facebook, whether that's offering a small donation, whether that's going into your PayPal account and creating a small monthly donation, whether that's bringing it into your journey circle, whatever it might be, just do something so that the energy keeps cycling and moving and we all continue to explore how to bring shamanic skills into our contemporary lives in a way that is practical and effective and allows us to be much more efficient and um, joyful with our energy. So I thank you all for all that you are doing. Uh, for those of you that get the show through iTunes, just remember there's a show website, whyshamanismnow.com, where you can find the archives. And for those of you that listen live at cocreator-network.com, there are also archives there. So today our topic is cultivating discernment, and my guest is Mary Shutan. Welcome, Mary. Hi, thank you for having me. So Mary has a new course, which is um, partly what's inspired this show. And I and once uh, Mary and I started talking about it, I was uh, really sort of shocked to realize I hadn't done this yet. Um, it's such an important aspect of working with, uh, well, of being alive, but in particularly important <laughs> once we start talking about moving into other states of awareness. Um, anyway, before I get too far ahead, there are several shows with Mary in the archives. Mary Shutan, S-H-U-T-A-N. Um, I can't convince my spell check that that is your last name, but I'm trying. <laughs> it always wants to give me an L somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Mary is a spiritual healer, an acupuncturist, an herbalist, a craniosacral therapist, and the author of The Spiritual Awakening Guide, the Complete Cord Course, and Managing Psychic Abilities. And she offers distance spiritual healing services as well as readings and um, programs and coursework that um, at a distance as well. Um, and this um, show today about discernment is coming out of a new course that she's offering online about discernment. Um, so you can visit her website, maryshutan.com. Um, for more information, as well as course offerings, books, etc., start dates, all of that kind of thing. Um, so again, you can contact Mary through the site, Mary Shutan, M-A-R-Y-S-H-U-T-A-N.com. 
So we are not live today, but as always, you are welcome to send your questions either to me um, or to Mary directly, and um, we're happy to respond to them and potentially, you know, sometimes really interesting questions end up being the next show, so don't hesitate um, to connect. Okay, so discernment is really a necessary quality um, of wisdom, actually, and that it it's important along with objectivity and clarity. But cultivating discernment in and of itself is critical. It's critical, as I just said, for life, in my opinion, um, because otherwise life is just too dang hard, honestly. But it's particularly important in the context of shamanic practice or shamanic healing, any kind of spirit work or energy work as we begin moving into other realms and beginning to interpret them. And particularly if you've put yourself in a position in life where you are now interpreting them for other people. And uh, if you're in that position, absolutely, issues of discernment are critically important. Um, So Mary's joining us today because, as I've said, she's offering this new course on cultivating and developing discernment. Um, And largely, my understanding is this comes from her own experience. So Mary, what what sort of personal situation or experience really uh, sort of birthed that which you're drawing on now to offer this course in discernment? You know, I've always been a really sensitive person. And when I started going to classes and exploring workshops, um, everything was really about how you can become more sensitive or um, this idea that you need to go somewhere in order to interact with spirits. And um, my difficulty was kind of the opposite, that I would I would be like, okay, I close my eyes and I have, you know, uh, 20 spirits surrounding me. How do I know what to do with them? Or mm-hmm. um, I go on a journey and not one power animal shows up, but there are like 50 there. Like, how do I, how do I tell what's going on here? And also just with my sensitivities overall, um, I was in such a state of overwhelm that I really couldn't tell what was coming through to me. And I realized that that sounds a bit odd, but I kind of reached this saturation point where I was like watching, you know, 50 TVs or 100 TVs at once, where it was just so much noise, so much stimulus that I had no way of kind of separating things out. And so gradually over the years, I've either found teachers or books or developed methods to to work with my own sensitivities. And then I started teaching this work to others. Of course, people started coming to me once I started figuring some of this stuff out for myself. So it's all been kind of a, a decade long or even longer sort of process of really kind of figuring out, okay, I'm sensing this. What does this mean? What can I do with it? How can I make it a source of stimuli that doesn't affect me in a negative way or isn't too much for me to take in? Um, And how do I do this for, for clients and for others with stuff that I'm picking up for them? So it all kind of, it's been a multi-year process. Um, and so based off of that, I really have created courses and um, discernment as well as other things that I wish that, you know, somebody had handed me, you know, a good decade ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. So, so given that, what's your, you know, so what is discernment? Let's talk about what that means, particularly in the, in the context, you know, cause I, it was interesting as I was Googling around and trying to see sort of what's out there, there's, there's all this stuff that's, that's draped in religion around discernment. And I'm thinking what happened to the practicality of just being a human being trying to discern what the hell's going on here? Anyway. So Mary, what's, yeah. what's, what's discernment? Like what's the discernment that we're actually talking about here today? So discernment really has kind of two capacities or two sides to it. The um, basis of discernment is being able to tell one thing from another but it's also being able to look at something and really being able to tell the qualities or the nature of it just by looking at it. Um, and so um, it kind of goes along with a sense of judgment, but also an aspect of, of clarity um, as well as knowledge is a part of it as well. So if we look at something and we have no sort of template or no sort of um, criteria for understanding what that is, is we won't know what that is and if we don't have kind of the proper tools to judge what an energy is or what anything is in our life um, we are likely to not be able to really discern or know all the qualities of something and so so the the first piece of this it seems like is understanding what's me and what is something else so that I'm not projecting something that's me onto the other thing and giving it a quality that it doesn't deserve. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a strong aspect of it. So a lot of people are surprised when they take this class is that there's a solid week in self-cultivation skills and um, really understanding who you are because unless you have that baseline, you're not going to be able to kind of discern or understand what anything else is. And it's typically a, a difficulty for sensitives who are affected by their environment and by the emotions and energies that they come across that um, they'll just kind of soak them in like a sponge. But um, if somebody has that baseline of energy, they can start to realize, oh, this is not me and oh, this is me. Um, so it's really a process of both inner work as well as understanding what can be outer as well. And, you know, and the important thing about that baseline is there is no other way to get it because it's your baseline. So it doesn't matter how enlightened the teacher, they can't give it to you. You know, that, that it's one of those things you, you only know from your own self-cultivation. Yeah, and so that's really a big part of any of my teachings or really any of my understandings out there is that um, I came from, you know, schools and a lot of teachers who they were kind of a mixed bag. Some of them were like, okay, here's the dictionary definition. This is what you're supposed to be. This is what you're supposed to see. This is who you're supposed to be, sort of kind of like, you know, defining me. Um, from their perspective or defining what my spiritual experiences should be from their perspective. And um, it's really much more of an internal process and really understanding who you are and on an individual basis, realizing that rather than having somebody else define that for you. So why do you think 
it's, it's, so, so do you think that that's why it's such a neglected skill? Because it is something that requires people really look at themselves, work with themselves? Well, I mean, why do you think it's so neglected? I mean, I agree with you that it's neglected, but I, I never really thought about why. You know, I have some thoughts. <laughs> and what I will say is that there still is, um, specifically if we're talking about spiritual work, so work with spirits and other energies, um, a lot of what has come across the mainstream is that three worlds format. And mm-hmm. um, while that can be incredibly helpful and pertinent and provide a lot of depth, what has come across on the surface level is that, okay, anything that you meet is safe as long as it's, you know, out of two of the three worlds sort of thing. And if anything's in the other one, you need to like fear it and clear it and, you know, that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. So, we've gone to this really simplistic understanding of spirits and really any source of spiritual stimuli as being singularly compassionate or singularly non-compassionate. And the truth is, is that things are not that simple. You know, um, I always use the example of if you were in your real life to go into a bar and this person came up to you and was like, I'm going to make you wealthy. I'm going to make you into a multimillionaire. I'm going to make you into a star. You wouldn't believe them. But if a spirit came up to you and is like, I'm your guide, you're the greatest person on earth, Um, you know, like I'm going to make you wealthy. We live in such kind of a a skewed understanding and, and state of things that we lack that discernment now of being like, why is this spirit doing this? And so that kind of, that's kind of understanding his sort of sort of lapsed. I do think that a lot of it has to do with fear um, and thoughts of, you know, the spiritual realms being kind of a fearful place. And if we don't have these kind of simplistic controls over things, then, you know, um, we won't feel in control. We won't feel like we know everything. Um, and it's, I mean, it just, it is a lot easier for somebody to tell us, oh, we see this, that is a one-for-one correlation for, for this. So mm-hmm. it's, kind mm-hmm. of a, it's kind of a mixture of things. Okay. So the basic issue that we're dealing with today around discernment is, is, is recognizing that it, it all stems from our cult, the cultivation within ourselves to the degree of understanding our own energy as the baseline from which we each operate. And that it's not about really whether – I mean there's a little bit about whether you're in a dysfunctional state or not. But basically the point is it's not about whether your baseline is good or bad. It's about knowing your baseline, knowing yourself and your energy, which means you need to be familiar with it. You, you know, you can't keep taking classes to learn what's out there without paying attention to what's in here. Or you're never going to learn the ability to discern one thing from another because you're the reference point, in other words. So with that said, then what are the three parts of discernment? So the three parts to discernment are understanding, really knowing kind of um, what's what's out there, um, really understanding kind of uh, knowing enough to 
be able to understand different categories or knowing enough about a subject be, to be able to talk about it or understand it. Um, the second aspect would be skill, kind of knowing techniques um, to understand what you are sensing and how to discern between energies um, or between emotions or, or whatever's coming up. And the third aspect we've already talked about, which is having yourself as a baseline, really knowing who you are and knowing this deeply enough or coming to this resource or in communication with this resource enough where you can tell on an individual basis what something means to you as an individual, not what something means to somebody who wrote a book or, or me as a teacher or, you know, your neighbor or that person on the Facebook thread, really kind of what, what does it mean to you and for your life? So, so given that, you know, because this is really about life, what, what makes discernment so important in the kind of everyday sense of things? I mean, if we were to talk about this generally, it's really about understanding what may be the right decision for us or not. So if we're able to discern who we are and we're looking for a job, we might be able to, and we get two job offers, we will be able to sit with things and discern that one job may be the better opportunity for us or more kind of, you know, um, uh, more right for us so to speak um and but in a more kind of complex way um if we're talking about discernment really the power of it is to have a really nuanced understanding of ourselves as well as the world that we live in um and so um really understanding kind of our own filters, our own emotions, um, really what is around us is a powerful thing. And if we're able to cultivate that ability to really notice and discern what's around us on a deep level, we can enter a state where, which I call flow or other people have as well, but it's a state of really knowing who we are and moving from that place and recognizing outwardly when things present for us that we are intended to go for, to move to, you know, kind of all of those synchronicities in the, in the world. And basically if we're able to discern, we can go into that state and things come a lot easier to us. Is life perfect? No, <laughs> but we certainly can understand kind of what's around us, what it means, as well as take care of our own sort of inward, inward journey. So this, this um, discernment then in, in many ways, it's, it's serves the same role whether we're talking in this general sense or in the spirit sense so it's helping me understand um you know do i do i trust this person let's say that i'm working with and you know based on the degree to which i trust or don't trust them you know it's it's the same thing as do as you as your example showed do i trust this energy that's present in the room that isn't a person do i trust this energy that's coming to me in my dreams at night or in my shamanic journeying that 
that the discernment's allowing us to cultivate trust, and we just need to remember then to apply it in all realms. Um, are there other things like trust, and you know that that building discernment's really helping us be able to be more um, kind of reliable to ourselves in doing, you know, versus trusting what we like. It's <laughs> not yeah. a wise way to go forward. So we've talked a bit about kind of understanding things that come to us individually, but um, really learning how to discern also can allow for us to build relationships. And so if we're talking about this in the spiritual capacity, if we are able to understand, um, say, an energy keeps on coming to, um, I had a client who has this huge white light so much that it's palpable to her her partner um, come to her every night. And at first, this completely freaked her out, which, you know, tends to happen when something presents, you know, physically and large and all that sort of stuff. Um, but once she discerned that this was an energy that was there to be in relationship with her um, of some sort, she was able to work with discernment tools and to understand what type of energy it was and also um, work with herself to the point where she could understand and work with this energy on a deeper level um, in a way that had boundaries, first of all, which is always a good thing for me, but really um, from a place of openness um, as well as understanding why this being was there, what it wanted with her, and how she could come into a relationship with it. And from this, she's had now a profound relationship with this energy stem from that. And so um, if we are just like, oh, this big white light comes to us and this other person said maybe it's an angel and another person said, oh, maybe it's, you know, X, Y, and Z, um, we don't necessarily get to that depth so we can have a relationship with something that um, that is of substance. And similarly, it's kind of a tricky topic, but I've worked with plenty of people who have called me and said, um, you know, I have this energy that's come to me and it says that it's my spirit guide and it's here to teach me and it tells me, you know, back to the bar story, how great I am and how wonderful I am. And it tells me everything I want to hear, but it is um, trying to attach to me or it's actually trying to in some way um, have sex with me or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's turned out that those many of those energies are not quite, you know, they're not what they're appearing to be. So discernment can really be an aspect of safety as well, because as long as we're in that, oh, it's compassionate, oh, it's not compassionate realm, we might kind of miss over the fact that spirits and energies can be really complex. And if we don't have discernment, somebody telling us, oh, we're the greatest thing ever might sound really good. But if we have discernment, we might mean we might be able to tell ourselves, I wonder why that energy is saying that to me. What's in it for them sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is making me think of a story um, that a, a person shared with me where their sister or some relation was um, at a spring, a natural spring in the de desert. 
and they had sensed um, a human spirit there. So they went home like a good, you know, trained shamanic practitioner and started to try to psychopomp that spirit to cross it over, the human spirit. And all of these problems started happening in her life. She wasn't successful in doing it. And then all these problems started happening in her life and problems started happening with the spring itself, the, the quality of the spring itself and the water. And finally, she brought someone else in who was able to discern that long ago, a person of, of whoever the first people were that lived on that land, um, a man had chosen at his death to connect with the water spirit there because it was really suffering and needed help to, to help that elemental energy protect that spring and keep it vital for you know, generations and that it was his choice his last act as a human he basically to sacrifice himself into that spring and merge with it and keep it healthy and well and help it protect itself and so this woman's you know engagement with it while well intended was contrary to the will of the the human and however we feel about whether or not a human should do that or not the bottom line of that relationship is it was helping maintain the well-being of the spring, which then affects all the plants and animals and everybody else all around. So, you know, it was a complex place where just assuming was really problematic and unsuccessful. Um, and, and, and it took some real discernment to sort out what's really going on here with these energies because there's an elemental energy involved, a living human, a dead human, history – all the other all the other energies that are around the spring I mean, it was complex in a sense even though it was one tiny little story about one spring um so this is this is um a critical piece for us to develop if we're going to presume to start using our energy skills or spirit skills or shamanic skills to start changing things that we find in the world around us um so so talk a little bit about this this sense about how we all see, you know, through our own lens of experience. You know, so this woman's experience was core shamanic training, learning to work with the dead. And so she was ready to psychopomp this person over and that was her perspective. So what about this whole sense that we all see and sense through our own lens? Yeah, so that is very much true, and that's a huge part of discernment is realizing this, um, is realizing that we've all had experiences of this world. We all have belief systems. We all have understandings about how the world operates, and these create a filter for us. And I'll share kind of a, a quick example is that um, pretty popularly, people will be like, oh, I saw a spider and it has some sort of significance for me. And they'll look it up, you know, in the dictionary or somebody would be like, oh, that's spider medicine. It's really powerful and weaving of stories and stuff like that. And so I've worked a lot with, with spider and had people come to me with spider. And so um, if we're talking about the lens of experience, I'll just talk really, really quickly that for one person, you know, Seeing that one spider just meant that there was a spider there. You know, sometimes a spider is just a spider. Um, and for another person, it was her ancestors calling to her in the form of spider. 
for another person that I worked with. Um, she had a history of watching her older brother pull the little legs off of daddy long legs and put them on her pillow. And so she had this really visceral disgust to spider into spider energy. And this energy was telling her um, basically something along the lines of that, you know, this is a person to kind of watch out for. So kind of like a red flag and, mm-hmm. and another person uh, was just really fearful of spiders. So every time that she was really afraid, spiders would show up. So that's kind of a simplistic response, but we all have experiences and how we experience spiritual energies is really um, because of our filters, um, our experiences of our world, of this world, our beliefs. So um, understanding that and learning to really have that, that understanding can allow for you to realize kind of personal significance if you run across that spider, but it can also start to teach you to step back and to realize that, okay, my belief system is that there should be no former humans here. All spirits should move on, like from your example. Mm -hmm. But if I'm going to take a step back and really discern things and step away from my own stuff, what would I sense about this situation? Oh, this guy is here for a really good reason. Or, oh, I'm really afraid of this energy that's in my house and it's going to, I'm afraid of anything spiritual because it's showing up. And, you know, I've worked with people who have, I call them house guests, where they're they're just spirits there that are just kind of checking stuff out because they've been there for 50 or 100 years. And their first response is to be like, okay, grab the sage bundle. Let's get them out of here. But in reality, you know, they were clearing out somebody's grandmother who just wanted some peace and quiet for the first time, you know, um, pretty much ever. So, you know, kind of really stepping away from ourselves and understanding our own filters to the extent that we can recognize where our own hangouts are is definitely a part of discernment as well. So, so this this aspect of knowing knowing ourselves and knowing where we begin and end and other energies begin, um, this this um, you know cultivating that kind of awareness so that we can then cultivate discernment is important. You know, it isn't meant to lead directly into judgment, right? But um, so, can you really speak to the importance of the differentiation of self from other and why that matters so much? Well, the reason why that matters is that if we are working with something, let's say a spirit comes to us and it's really, we, our first impression is that it's really, let's just call it demonic. It's really angry. It's really upset. Um, Our first sense of things is, wow, this is a really horrible, awful energy. It needs to get out of here. I need a shaman. I need a priest. I need X, Y, and Z. And so um, the difference between that being a part of yourself, like an angry aspect of yourself that you maybe have pushed outside of yourself versus it actually being a separate um, demonic energy 
those need to be taken care of in two very different ways. So in the first way, it would be figuring out like, okay, what part of you is so angry and what can we do about it? How can we heal that aspect of you? In the second way, there might need to be some outside help. And so um, that's obviously kind of, um, you know, an extreme example, but it happens quite a bit that our first impression is either, oh, you're sensing something really dark and negative. Oh, it, all the time, 100% of the time is psychological. It's an aspect of you or, oh, this is something that needs, you know, um, this is something completely outside of you. And there are all these kind of gradations in between, you know, archetypal energies and all that sort of stuff. But um, if we have this sort of discernment, even if we're talking about these sort of extremes, or if a practitioner does who comes into this situation, those are two different things that need to be worked with. And so I've worked with a lot of people who have been, who have said, I have been to 20 different shamanic practitioners and none of them have been able to help me. They've just made things worse. And it's because either the practitioner might have thought that everything was psychological or that um, or that they didn't have training to recognize demonic energies or a lot of times it has to do with the client. Um, there is something underneath going on and maybe there maybe it's self-created, maybe it's not, but there's something there that needs to be worked with and if we're able to discern, all of these different levels, either in ourselves or if we're doing work out there in the world, that means that we're able to truly help people, even if it's saying something like, hey, I think that you might need to check in with a psychiatrist here. So mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. kind of an extreme example, but if we're able to look at the layers of things here, we really can. And I tell people all the time, like, um, you really need a body worker or you need an acupuncturist or you need a psychiatrist or something like that. And it's not because I want people to, you know, not book appointments with me. It's because I see and I'm able to discern that those people need something and or would be more helped by something that wasn't my service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know similar to this, um, another thing for me in the beginning, just because of, you know, the the environment that I was raised in, I had no understanding that I was actually feeling every unexpressed emotion in every space I was ever in. And that I had no understanding that those emotions that I was feeling were not my own. And um, so that was, that's an, you know, another place I think of the importance of this discernment is recognizing that you can actually feel other other people's emotions, other people, others, uh, yeah, just other emotions, and they're not necessarily yours. And to perceive of them as yours and interpret them as yours is really crazy making. It is. I had difficulty for a long time with hearing other people's thoughts and taking on their health information as well as emotions, and so. I would come away from my initial, you know, energy work practice just completely exhausted with all of these kind of conversations and thoughts cycling through my head. And it took me a while to understand that, um, you know, we're in such a sea of emotions and thoughts and energies and that they were, you know, essentially not mine. And so um, learning how to clear those and how to discern 
that place of, okay, this isn't my thought, which, you know, when we're talking about it, it sounds a bit crazy probably, but people are really not aware of how much stuff is in or around them that really doesn't come from them. Okay, so given that, which is critically important and sort of the point of today, so how do people learn to discern? What, what, um, you know, what, what are the steps that they, I mean, after this step of self-cultivation, then what, what do they need to do? Generally, the next step is um, building a library. And what that means is that we've talked about how things come across um, through filters, And what a filter really means is that we each individually pick up spiritual or any other stimuli in a very specific way. So for simplicity purposes, some of us may be people who feel more or we may hear certain things or we may be more visual or a lot of people have mixed senses or a sort of synesthesia, um, meaning that they may smell purple or, you know, kind of something like that. Um, And so really understanding what your filter is, um, as well as building this library, meaning that it sounds so mundane, but really understanding what you're picking up, what you're sensing. um, And this is part of the course. And then kind of looking at commonalities of experiences and starting to sort of build links to understand things. Um, And this can be done in a really simple way. And it can also be one of those things that takes you for, um, for a long period of time. And by that, I mean that um, every time that my one client I talked about saw a spider, it had to do with ancestral energies. But when she started building her library, she noticed that it was a particular kind of spider when it was kind of her main guardian ancestor. And it was little spiders when, um, when her ancestors were upset with her or something like that. Um, and so really building that personal library and by that, I mean, writing things down, understanding um, commonalities of experiences, because it's likely that you're picking up things quite a bit through the same filter and those personal things even like seeing the color blue out of the corner of your eye you know those mean something to you and if you're able to understand those things um, you can walk through the world in a much different way and start to walk with your spiritual in your spiritual path in a much kind of deeper way so then what what happens next with the noticing piece So noticing is really learning how to assess energies. So um, it's really one of those first steps of discernment. So it's one of those things of walking into a room. And if I were to walk into a room previously, I would be kind of smacked across the head with a thousand energies. And I know a lot of people like this who walk into a room and they just get a sense of something that's wrong there, for example, or something that's really joyful and light, but typically we don't complain about that. But so if we were to walk into that room where we get a sense of dread, um, noticing would be like, where is this coming from? What part of the room? 
what sort of emotions am I noticing? Maybe who is it coming from? And as we're able to discern further and further, our own sort of reaction to this energy starts to quell a bit. Because if we, our minds are such that if we're able to categorize something, if we're able to understand the source of something, that alleviates a lot of anxiety, a lot of kind of overstimulus, um, a lot of kind of those existential feelings of dread um, that can sort of come over us. So, um, and in a simple state, it is, kind of if you have somebody in front of you that you know you're looking to hire or you're looking to date or you're just looking to be friends with or even somebody on the bus you can start noticing things about them to understand who they are not in a way that's necessarily judgmental although you can notice things like you know I should really move away from this guy on the bus but you can really start to notice on a deeper level and start to understand kind of oh, this person has a lot of joy or, oh, this person is really introverted. I should interact with them in a different way. So noticing can really help us to understand what we're interacting with, how we're interacting with it, and really allow for us to kind of calibrate and respond appropriately to what we're noticing. Okay, so after we've, you know, done done the cultivation to get a sense of our own self and our own baseline and we begin to build our library to draw from for our understanding and we start noticing and assessing, you know, hopefully accurately out there in the world, then what what skills can we then begin to really develop once we've learned to discern and have cultivated that awareness for ourselves? Well, we can really start to clearly understand and have confidence in what we're seeing or sensing. So I know that this is a huge difficulty for people. They're like, oh, I have a sense of something, but I'm not sure. And so really developing discernment and using some of the tools that I teach, you can start to have more confidence in what you're sensing. I don't ever suggest anybody having 100% confidence in what they're sensing, but you can at least kind of get over the, I don't know, sort of phase and and have more confidence in what you're sensing. Um, The other big skill is um, learning how to either open or close down to the stimuli that you're experiencing. So a lot of people are in a state because they're sensitive of having these really hyper aroused nervous systems where they're, you know, having any, any, everything from headaches to, you know, digestive issues to just kind of feelings of panic, uh, overwhelm, because they're taking in so much stimuli. They're walking into a room and again, it's like those 150 TVs. That's too much stuff to process. And quite frankly, we don't need to know all of that information. We can learn how to filter it and start to discern what is really important and start to learn how to cut down on the stuff that we don't need to know about. And alternatively, we can learn to open, to really open our senses, to really notice with depth what or who is in front of us. And by doing so, we can go beyond those kind of um, surface level interactions like, oh, that person's really angry. I don't like them to being able to see kind of to their to their soul, to their essence of who they are 
And in doing so, we can really start to understand people and have a lot of compassion for them, as well as the world around us, as well as ourselves. So um, let's talk a little bit about how that then begins to affect our, um, that, how that clarity then begins to affect our, our safety in the world and our ability to be precise in the world. Yeah, so um, a lot of times we have a lot of fear, and I'll specifically talk about spiritual subjects. We have a lot of fear of the unknown, and we try to control this by coming up with kind of these surface-level understandings of things. But if we're able to sit with things and discern them on an individual basis, they really become less scary to us most of the time. So a lot of the time when we are reacting to people or situations, um, it may not be because um, those situations require that sort of fear. Um, It's just because that is our response to the unknown, to not having that precision, to knowing what we're sensing. So I will say occasionally our fear is right on and there's a situation that we should leave. But most of the time what is happening is that um, our fear kicks in because we're either in a state of overwhelm or hyperarousal or we are picking something up that we can't quite categorize yet. And so really learning to discern can help for you to understand, for example, now I work, walk into a room and I'm like, oh, I'm sensing something really kind of, you know, dark here. Oh, it's, you know, it's an energy that's, you know, on the land in the corner. It's not bothering anything. Okay. Or I walk into a room and it's like, oh, that guy's really angry. Um, you know, but he's not angry at me. He's just kind of, you know, angry at life sort of thing. And if you're able to discern those things, you can realize that they're not really about you and you don't really need to take them on. Um, and you don't really need to, um, react to that person in that state. And I'll just share a quick example. Um, I have a lot of students that have done this, but I used to do it too, is that, I'm really sensitive to people and their motivations and what one of my teachers calls subtext. And so um, I used to talk to people at parties or just, you know, kind of about my day. And I would sense, you know, whatever their underlying emotion was. So I'd sense they were angry or they were grief or they were fear or um, whatever was particularly coming up. And I would think that that person was upset or hurt or angry at me. I would take that energy on and think it was directed at me. When I started to build my discernment skills, I would just realize, oh, that person is really just coming from a place of anger. They're actually interacting with me the best way that they know how. And so this can, this type of clarity can allow for you to, again, have compassion for people and just to realize that people are really trying their best in this world and a lot of people really struggle um, understandably in this world but it can also help for you personally to not engage in that energy as well as to kind of let things go which generally means that your life is is a lot more peaceful so well and less anxiety ridden less fear driven you know all those things which we could get 
diagnosed and get a pharmaceutical for, which isn't going to help us. So we have just a couple more minutes. Um, Can you say a little bit about what you can call energy signatures? Yeah, so a lot of times our our aspect or thinking about discernment has a lot to do with outer energies. And so I talk about those. So I talk about how we can notice the aura and notice emotions and kind of notice these things about, you know, kind of, okay, what mask is this person wearing? Like, how are they presenting to the world? But we all have and everything on this earth has an energetic signature. Um, And what that means is that it's the essence of someone or something so um, in simplistic terms it could be something like dna but it's really the energy that is at the heart of something so it kind of is the energy that creates that object Um, and if we are able to clue into kind of that heart or that essence of someone or something we can really see their truth. We could really understand who they are or what they are. Um, And interacting on this level is much different, whether you're doing it with a plant or with another person, you're kind of, I always talk about the understanding of how, you know, and it's a pretty common understanding how we're all whole, we're all enlightened, we're all, you know, all of those things. We just have all of this, these layers and all of this stuff on top of it, all these beliefs and, you know, traumas and all of that sort of stuff. But at our essence, at our energetic um, signature, at our energetic blueprint level, we are whole and healed. And if we are able to notice this and interact with this, with anything, whether it's, you know, an ant or, you know, a plant or the person in front of you, you're able to really see and sense the truth of them, which is often really a thing of beauty and a thing kind of of grace. Okay. So um, in our last minute here, I just wanted to remind people that all of these things that Mary's talking about here are accessible to you (laughs) Um, and that Mary has this discernment course that is an online course and it's beginning again uh, what is the date? Uh, It's offered approximately once a month once every other month so it's offered at the end of July and kind of the end of August. Okay great and so it's a five-week course offered via email. Um, There are weekly lessons that are sent via email and then um, you all get to converse with Mary and previous students um, through a closed group on Facebook or by some other means if that technology isn't useful to you. Um, so again, it's an it's an opportunity to work online, work at a distance, and to to cultivate this um, these qualities that are all part of discernment, and then how how what else you can then begin to qualify cultivate after discernment is something you have built some confidence in. So Mary, thank you so much for joining us today and thanks for creating the course. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm always happy to talk about subjects like this. And so everybody, Mary's services and her books and and the different courses and, and all these things that we've talked about on this show and other shows with Mary can be found at maryshutan.com M-A-R-Y S-H-U-T-A-N dot com. So I want to give thanks to the helping spirits that have gathered around us here today, to the earth below and the sky above, and to the heart that unites us all. Um, Mary, thank you for being with us here today. 
and you I for give, having me. Yeah, and I give thanks, everybody, to all of you for listening. Have a great week. <laughs>